Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb Welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us today, our special guest from... Wow, from all over the place, from Return to Oz Minute and the never-ending minute, back with us once again, it's Tierney. Hello! Hello, welcome hey, back. Tierney. Hey, welcome. Oh, we're a lot more chipper than I remember from my last minute. <laughs> well, don't be it's a good fun. thing, it fits, it fits. Yeah. <laughs> I got some problems with this minute. But anyway, Uh-oh. this minute, nah, it's, we'll get into it in a bit. But I want to welcome you to the show, and we're excited, though, still, to talk about Minute 97. Sean, give me the summary. All right. So Minute 97 is the the big wrap-up. So Phil and Rita walk out of the bed and breakfast. They see the newly fallen snow. They decide they're going to start their new life together. But maybe Phil isn't entirely ready to commit yet. We'll just rent to start. You're forgetting... I mean, how this minute actually starts smooches yeah yes <laughs> yeah morning breath smooches yeah Ugh. i just wasn't entirely ready i knew about where we were in the movie but i mm-hmm. i clicked play on the minute and it was just a very big kissing Andy mattel and bill murray on my screen <laughs> so it was yep. a little threw me off my game there for a sec <laughs> Yeah, I could see that if you're just coming in <laughs> at minute 97, you may not be prepared uh, for, for what's coming. So this is, yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've woken up many a morning with Phil Connor, and, and this, this, this is different. And as, as Phil himself said recently, different is good. <laughs> so this is different where, well, Rita's there. That's different. And uh, yes, morning breath smooches. So I don't know. I, I was going to say that must be love, but um, I love my wife and we're not kissing like that first thing in the morning. If, if they're not, if, if, if at least one of us hasn't gotten out of bed to brush our teeth yet. Well, there's been time travel involved. It's a little more intense. Well, yeah. So this is, this is like 10,000 morning breaths. Oh God. <laughs> I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. Yeah. Um, no, I was just distracted during the pan over. I don't know if you've discussed this already or if I've just completely missed this, but the phone is kept on the bottom shelf of the nightstand. And I realize the movie is wrapping up and almost over, but <laughs> why? Like, that's such a minute by minute thing to notice. And now I'm going to notice it every time I watch this movie. So thanks, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't notice that before. We have not talked about the phone. We were too preoccupied with the mints. Yeah, the mints. Yeah. The only time we really talked about the phone was like episode 12 or something when he's actually on the phone. Right. Talking, uh, trying to get an outside line to the town. Because I knew he had a phone and that's Mm -hmm. normal to have in your room. I mean, it kind of shows how it's not really prominent in the bed and breakfast culture. You have a phone in the room, but it's the early 90s and everything about bed and breakfast is supposed to be super quaint and old fashioned. So it's like mm. it's there, but your job is just like to sleep there, eat Mrs. Lancaster's breakfast meats and then, <laughs> then you head out, you know. OK, yeah, because it's so different now. 
where everyone has their phone like right next to the clock on the nightstand. I'll, I'll actually say this. <laughs> yeah. I bet you this is one of the few, maybe multiple lines in the bed and breakfast. Like, it, like I feel like there is a phone in the back of the kitchen. That's for, that's for office business. That's where Mrs. Lancaster and her staff take calls about, you know, ordering in more breakfast meats and stuff. Then there's probably, uh, there's probably like an older phone, maybe in a booth somewhere in the house, like a little quaint little one. And that's like the public phone that you use if you're in the house. And then I bet you, because this is like the top tier penthouse suite, because it's so large, oh. it gets its own phone. That's that's something that's I was thinking call. about. How the, the fact that like Phil has so many amenities, he has two rooms, he has a bedroom and a living room, and and we talk about how like it's because it's the top floor. It's probably yeah. She this is this is like her probably her biggest room, and you know Rita did that to make sure that Phil dealt with the least amount of people in the bed and breakfast. He's on the top floor; no one's going to come up mm-hmm. to bother him. So but, it gets its own phone. All right. But you don't think it's not every room in the no, end has its I, own. And I think that because of and because of because it's the penthouse of the bed and breakfast, it has its own wash basin. It has its own sink. Oh. I, I bet yeah. you I bet you what we were talking about earlier in the in the in the minutes in the movie when he's like what we're talking about washing face and stuff. I you're right. I think that they probably had a wash basin bowl and a pitcher and a water almost like colonial times. In probably the smaller bedrooms that everyone else is sharing, and then there was the communal bathroom down, down the, hall. the hall. I don't think every room has its own bathroom. I don't, and I don't think it has its own sink. I don't think Ms. Lancaster has the space to have all those sinks installed. Mm-hmm. So I think the top floor penthouse gets the special treatment and probably the special price. Okay. That's that's what I would think. And I could totally picture there being a phone, like you said, downstairs, either in the front hall or in the little shared sitting room area yeah there's definitely a, i think a share a shared phone that's in that hall that's for guests to use if they need to make a call out or they say oh call me at eight o'clock i'll be at bed and breakfast and and you know and we'll yep. plan then that's the call that's the phone for that one um so you don't have to use a pay phone yep i'm having flashbacks to my first summer working it was a pay phone and it was right outside our boss's office which made it hard to call your friends and complain about your boss not that I would ever have done that, Christina, if you're listening. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, I, like I said, like I, I, I've been talking about this in the past few minutes. I, the more I watch this, the more I'm not enjoying the ending. Oh the no! More... Well, all right, Tierney, a lot's happened, and <laughs> let it. Out. We're here for you, Dave. Just let it out. Like yes. it's, it's, it's mostly like. The, the, the talks we've had in the past few days, the past few minutes about this iteration of Rita is a Rita that's known Phil almost the least. And I think that is a thing that should be addressed. The movie tries to sneak it by us. Mm-hmm. This is not the Rita that wanted to have a science day project where she learns everything about Phil. This is not the Rita that goes on a date with him and slaps him and says, how do you know all about my different like eating habits and treats and all my little things? This is a Rita like saw him in the morning talk talk this really beautiful speech he blows her off on the coffee says i can't make it rain check goes do errands all day that she that we could tell at least in the movie we have not seen her get the answer to and maybe she did last night but at no point does she bring up in this minute when they're kissing it doesn't sound like she's talking about you know she's not acting as if she's surprised the day is gone to this the next day you know She's not like where she was in the Science Day project. She's like, oh, I thought I was going to disappear. Oh. You know, she's there and she's like, she's acting as if they're both 
two co-workers that got romantically uh, interested. They didn't sleep together, but they got romantically interested. They, they like, you know, platonically slept in the bed. And she doesn't want to wake up at 6 because they don't have a, a morning report to do. Like, that's the only thing I'm getting out of this Rita. And so that's what bugs me is that this Rita should... Is a, it, Rita is a smart character. She should be asking more questions. And the fact that, like, Re- Phil gets to blow her off on those questions a couple times while he's ice sculpting and dancing. And the fact that... I don't know. She goes... Well, as soon as we got... She, she, uh, she's going to say it, right? Did she say it a bit? You got... Is it this minute? No, it's the next. It's the late. It was yesterday's minute, right? About how you fell right asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like so. It doesn't even sound like they had a conversation. It wasn't like he read her poetry to fall asleep. It sounds like he passed out from just overworking himself and all the chores because he wasn't. He didn't think he was going to uh, wake up the next day. He thought, oh, the day I'll repeat and I'll do some more chores. And 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 then the longer well, I... point, you know, the longer point, Sean, <laughs> is the town is what's important, not Rita. The town yes. is what changed Phil, not Rita. Correct. Rita helped, but the town, the town is what did it, and I feel like the town doesn't get the respect it deserves at the end of the movie. Okay. Mm. Well, I do want, I do want to hear Tierney's take yes. on this. I just want but... to. I, 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 nope, I'm not done, Sean. Oh, I'm sorry. Please, <laughs> please continue. I want to hear Tierney's yep. take on everything I said. Go, Tierney. Okay. Well, I, I, I just <laughs> there's one little piece of information I want. I just want Tierney to have all the information. Before she speaks. So one quick little thing. I just, one little interjection. Okay. It's just, so I was, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you, Dave. I'm there. I just want to say, so last night I went back and I watched the beginning of the movie again. And I noticed when, when Phil looks over and we see Rita in the studio, when she's kind of playing around in front of the blue screen. Yeah. And Kenny says, you haven't worked with Rita before. So they haven't worked before, but I've been, the whole movie, I've been kind of going under the assumption that they don't know each other. Like they they just met yesterday or two days ago. They just met February 1st. But the way Kenny says it, like maybe they haven't spoken. They certainly weren't friends. They haven't hung out. But maybe, you know, maybe she was a producer on the morning show and Phil does the, afternoon and evening news or something like they, they she's not new to the station she's worked there before they didn't they haven't gotten to know each other but they were aware of each other and maybe that you know that they're not complete strangers they're not friends but they're not complete strangers at the beginning of the movie maybe that helps explain or lessens the issues with how fast Rita eventually comes around on this last day. So that's that's all I just wanted to mention. Just put it out there. The possibility that there was some knowledge of each other. Phil of Rita and that Rita would have known at least something about Phil before the movie started. So w- with that extra piece of information, Tierney, what do you think? Oh, I think I'm going to have to rebut that extra piece of information. Ooh, if only okay. because in a sign, as I was preparing for this podcast, I watched the latest John Oliver last week with john oliver tonight whatever that show is on hbo so glad you brought this up and it used rita as an example of workplace sexual harassment (laughs) 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 and how they've only known each other and every day is her first day (laughs) so i i mean not that John Oliver hasn't lied to me before. I listened to the bugle. I'm aware that falsehoods could be said, but 
No, I, no, listen to that accent. She's he new. Cannot lie. <laughs> um, I think it's funny because, you know, as a not kid, kid, but as a kid watching this, I never questioned that. Rita doesn't carry you're right because we think of Rita at the end as the Rita who is conducting the science experiment yeah like the Rita who has grown with him Mm -hmm. but you're right if you just fell asleep there like I want there to have been that little conversation while they were snuggling Rita where he explains (laughs) yeah but you're right nothing in this minute certainly implies that Rita has any idea that any of that just happened. Thank you. And <sighs> I and I told Sean this the other few past <laughs> evenings. I'm going to tell you here because you definitely you deserve to hear this. Um, <laughs> is that I said that you can extend this movie a few more minutes. We're at, what, 90? We have a total of like about 97 and a half, 98 pushing it. M- minutes of actual movie. Mm-hmm. We can afford five more to have Rita ask enough questions that... You get the hint that Phil is explaining things to her, and also she could talk a bit more, so it softens the, like, well, should Rita know? She's knowing, she's learning, and then when he explains this to her, she has enough evidence of how much the town loves him, where mm-hmm. she's like, okay, and it get, into, it turns into a mini-science project at the end. It's already at the end. Where, like, And also I said that is that when he, calls the, when he grabs the ice sculpture, he says, no matter what happens, he's like, oh, it's the face, it's beautiful. He goes, no matter what happens... You know, he says, I can, I can carve with my eyes closed. But once again, it's weird because even if she's only been at the studio for a month, they've never really spoken. So that doesn't set up any red flags. So that, that well, it should. And I think he could have said, he could have addressed it more platonically. He knows he loves her, but he knows that she doesn't know all the things that he knows. So what he could have said was, no matter what happens there tomorrow, I'm happy because I got to spend the day in this town and with you hug it's a hug maybe a small side kiss cheeks and then you? and then and what oh, you got here's the, here's the big boy here's the big boy. here here's the, here's the little button on that he the camera's now behind her he's as he's hugging her and he mouths and i love you mouths it doesn't say it mouths it because he wants to say it but he knows that at this point she doesn't know anything about all the things he's gone through because he knows that this is a, this is not the reader that did the science project and so he doesn't want to say that because he knows it's going to be, you know, it's too much to bring at her all at once. So, and then you can have a scene where they're holding hands or leaving, but we don't get any shots of them leaving Gobbler's Knob or le- seeing the last of the other townsfolk. And she and Rita could talk, and you could just kind of have them fade out, back, and then fade back to the bedroom. And if and you can you get a little bit more hint that yeah they didn't sleep together, but something I don't know. Sean says it says I, I'm I'm explaining too much of the film to the audience, <laughs> but. Yeah. I feel like that makes the movie a little bit more interesting. And, I mean, it's fine they can wake up in this bed at breakfast. I also said, like, would it be cool if, like, the last day, rather than him waking up in the surprises Rita, he wakes up and he's in her hotel room. But she's on, like, the single bed. Like, you see the difference immediately. She's in a, in a, in a humble, like, twin. And he's, like, falling asleep in, like, the chair because, you know, he thought he would just wake up in his bed and breakfast again. Mm-hmm. So he like falls asleep, watching her. He kind of falls asleep. He's like, and he wakes up. He realizes, holy crap! Like I'm in her hotel room. Like we get to the next day, and so it's kind of, and we get to see more about them leaving the town, and maybe him in the van, kind of nervous and excited about going. So I'm saying, is play down the love angle with Rita. 
We okay. know that he loves her, but it's more if, that Rita's, uh, uh, that Phil's a better person. Okay, go. If, yeah. at the end of the evening, he has shown her that the town loves him, he's a great guy, and at the end of the night, she drops him back to the bed and breakfast, and they kiss under that archway. Then he goes inside and falls asleep with a smile on his face, wakes up the next morning, and she's, like, honking the van outside, like, come on, let's go, we can get back now. Would that, that make you happy? Yes. Because that gives you yes. the the schmaltzy, cutesy romance. Mm-hmm. Yes. But without this, I think it's the overnight and the let's live here. Yes. Which is a really good button. But if you're not down with how quickly this relationship has progressed, yeah, that'll kind of ruin it for you. Yes. I, yes, I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay with shipping Rita and Phil, but like in an idea like that, a few weeks from now, they'll go on a date in Pittsburgh. Or, if, you know, in a few weeks from now, they'll go... Yeah. Whereas, it's like... It's the start of the relationship. It's the start of the relationship. Like, she smiles extra, and he smiles back at her. And, like, they'll both... Maybe they both smile and joke to Larry because he got to... He got bid on by the two old ladies. We can have a little bit of joke on that. And, you know, maybe Larry gets his gets his ass humbled because he was creepy to Nancy the, the night previously. So he's now humbled a bit more. Because I also don't like that we end Larry being a creep. Because, I mean, mm. I, I don't like it because I looked for evidence of it. He doesn't come off creepy at all until the scenes where he's just, like, I don't want to say and hit on, try to hit on Nancy. Sure, man, go, God bless, do what you can. But, <laughs> you know, there's a right and a wrong way, and he does it the wrong way, and he acts rude, and he pulls his tip back from the bartender. He puts the, like, a few bucks, takes some back. So, I would like a little resolution to Larry's a bit. And, yeah, I would like a scene where... He's in the van now, and, like, he smiles, and maybe you get the yellow smile from Larry, kind of him, like, oh, boy, well, you know, I got, <laughs> I got, you know, these, and and I was even joking to Sean, like, wouldn't it be funny if he had, like, some Tupperware, you know, from the old ladies or something, <laughs> like, leftover groundhog, uh, or from the ball? Groundhog stew. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if it's not groundhog, it's not groundhog stew, it's, like, food leftover from the groundhog ball, like, he could say, like, oh, they okay. gave me some leftovers afterwards or something. Um, and then, yeah, he's, he's, he smile, Rita smiles and you're leaving the town. And for them, it's like, oh, you know, we had a real fun day. We came into this town all grumpy and all like, uh, and we had a great time and Phil's like nervous, excited to leave the town and to go forth and prosper with his newfound altruism. Yeah. And then, yeah, we have a start. And like, maybe he turns around and he looks in the mirror. He looks in the mirror. She smiles and he smiles back and it's like, and it's not a shit grin smile. It's like an actual, like. You I was know. gonna say I want them smiling at each other and Larry not picking up on it at all. Yeah. And like completely <laughs> yeah. missing that something has changed between them from the day before. Yeah. Like honestly, I I, I mean like he the last he saw them is yeah, they they she bid three hundred bucks on it. And you could Larry can make a joke about that because he was in the room. He oh, could say yeah. something about Larry, you know, Rita, you know, it could almost be like the joke of uh something like with a home alone where it's like, you know, Kevin, you spent nine hundred dollars on room service, you know? Uh, or Kevin, what did you do to my room? Where it could be something where it's just like, you know, where'd you get three hundred dollars from? She's like, oh, from you know, a little expense account or something like that. And she's like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. some some joke with that, and just I would say with kind of lighter. Everyone's in, everyone is in better mood now, and and, and it doesn't, you know, and we don't we don't push the there's some kisses, but we don't push the really love angle. Like like I said, yeah. let's move here. We'll rent. She, Rita's like. Ah. 
like that. Yeah. And she doesn't say anything. That's what pisses me Be off. Be better if she was just like, smiles. uh, no. She, this, is, this is like a post uh, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, Rita. Like, it's just like, <laughs> say something, Rita. Yeah, and she's just Rita catatonic. doesn't want to live here. Rita enjoyed coming here. Right. Rita thinks it's a charming town. And I will say, you said the town doesn't get its due. That is a hero shot of the street at the end with the freshly fallen snow. And no, it, it, I guess I just... But... I want to see I, the town. I, yeah. Oh, that's it. That's another thing is I want a post credit teaser where we get to see the town and we get to see all the people we pan through the, the, the tip top cafe. And we see all our like premium extras and background characters like all going off their business on Groundhog, or not Groundhog, but February 3rd. Like, you got Doris serving coffee, mm. and you have Buster, and and everyone's in just such better spirits now, because Phil kind of, like, I mean, nobody was in bad spirits in the town, but everyone's in way better spirits because of Phil. Like, everyone benefits from Phil being um, a better person. I think that's a better message than trying to ship these two. But it's the 90s. So. I know. That's what sucks. Is that yeah. I can look at There's this. There's no which, post-credit scene. No. And it needs to be a rom-com. Yeah. That's, I guess that's why I'm not big on rom-coms. Where I'm just like, you can have the romance and the comedy. But also, like, really, like, land that ending without feeling cheesy. So, I mean, that's why, like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I obviously... Because like, I wrote not... down the, like, we'll rent to start. I was like, what is that? Thank you. Yeah. How does she go... Uh... Yeah. Well, and it is odd because the movie for the... I mean, it's a very rom-com ending, but it's not... I don't consider this a rom-com, and it isn't... Nah. Like, there isn't... I mean, the yeah, the ending and, like, the last bit, like, the last... Because for the most part... There, there really is no relationship between Phil and Rita, and then, which I guess that's usual. I guess that's a you know that's a trope of, of romantic comedies that, of course, you have to start off hating each other, and then some somehow by the end you love each other, which is weird because all the people I've ever hated, I still hate. Like that, <laughs> I don't know if it just like that doesn't happen in real life. The people I love. You know, maybe they started out as friends and then it became a relationship, but it never started out as enemies. But anyway, Phil's kind of just ignoring Rita in the beginning. And then he just kind of sets his sights on her originally because, I mean, basically, I think he reaches the point where he seduced every woman in town between 17 and 70. And he's basically run out of options. And he's like, you know, gee, this is the only one left Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And like, that's, you know, that's not romantic. So yeah, it is kind of weird. It doesn't. It's not. It's a comedy. It's kind of a philosophical comedy until I don't know, like the last twenty minutes that it's like if any kind of rom com element to it all. And then like yeah, this ending is just pure nineties rom com that seems to kind of come out of nowhere. I would just yeah. like it. Yeah, it's just the, one of the final shots of him in the van. They're and they're doing like a drive, not a day of drive through, uh, gobbler's not, but like them leaving the town. Of, like, Punxsutawney or something, and, like, a reflection of him in the window, kind of, like... Like I said, like, I don't think he should live here, because he's almost... He's done everything you can do in the town. And I think is that the lesson is, don't just come back to the town where everyone already loves you. Go to the town that people may not already like you, like, in Pittsburgh, and reinvent yourself as a good person. Like, come back, and, like, holy crap, like, Phil came back, and he's just a better person to everyone at the office and stuff. I think that's what's more exciting than talking about living in this town. You know, the, the movie wasn't about like, oh, you should live in a town. The movie was about becoming a better person. And this whole town is like a big parable or 
I don't know, Twilight Zone thing. And it's just like the whole point is you leave with change. Not yeah. Let's let's mm-hmm. let's uh, let's let's jump back into the pool. You know. Yeah, uh, I disagree with you. Uh, I mean, I like I like the idea of Phil not saying "I love you." That like mouthing it that we can see, but not not so Rita can see or hear it because we saw her initial reaction about what thirty minutes ago when yeah. he first said it. So I agree with that, and I do like the idea of they wake up in the morning and he's on a. You know, she's Rita's in bed and he's sitting on a chair and he's got like a book of poetry in his lap. Kind of the implication that he fell asleep reading to her. I like that versus okay, them waking that up works. together. Yeah, but I will disagree. I I don't know about the idea of, of having too much around town. The on on this last day on February third, uh, just because there was some of that in the script, and I don't know if it works. There was some things like uh, Phil. Uh, Phil runs, there's a piano in the bed and breakfast. Phil runs to the piano and, and plays it just to see if he can still play. And he plays it expertly. And then he runs into Mrs. Lancaster and yeah. he's all in a great mood. And they kind of show Phil and Rita walking around town and they're they're like picking up flowers from the florist and uh, they run no. into Ned. And it's just, eh. No, no, it's I don't their want new that. life in the town. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. What if it was just the van going past the diner and you can see in the diner? Yes. That's... There's a bunch of people getting their normal breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Yes. People just okay. on February. Because yeah. what I want what I want is as the ending is though the town loved Phil, the town is back to being a, t- a little town, you know, Groundhog Day is mm-hmm. gone. They're back to being a little town. They are changed for the better. But yeah, it's not like it's a, it's not like it's another parade of oh great how Phil is. It's Phil's like seeing the town, he's just Thinking about all the times he's spent here, and it's just—I it, was like, no, no dialogue. We're not like just beating people over the head. We just show it. And we show the people in the diner. And we show like the movie, you know, the movie theater or something, you know. Um, show people taking the taking the things down, like, you know, like they're taking the Groundhog Day banners and and stuff down. Oh, taking down the banner. Yeah, I think showing. And that's such a '90s button on the movie thing to do. Yeah, yeah, like that's where you lean into and. I have something that I almost hesitate to bring up. Are we giving Phil too much credit? I know you guys have spent a lot of time with him, but is he that much better of a person? This my ending yeah. would make him a better person, which definitely show him being well, like a better. Well, but that's that's what I'm wondering. The Phil that says we'll rent to start with that little smart shrug. I don't know. I know. I agree. I agree. I think Phil should have evolved past love. Thank you. Yes. I, I, yeah, and I think that's a good point, and that's something Ramis uh, talks about in the, the director's commentary on, on the Blu-ray, that, yeah, if we're really thinking Phil has evolved, he should be, he should have this happiness and this contentment within himself. He shouldn't, and it's nice if you can share it with someone, but it shouldn't yeah. be so dependent. Yeah. But I will, I, I think there's some things here that speak well for Phil, that we can defend Phil. And and one of the things that I, and, you know, I almost, when I sent you, you know, we sent you the link to, to this minute of the movie, Tierney. I almost sent along a, a link to the previous minute as well, because I thought this might come up. But if we go back to the end of minute 96, after Phil is, is he's, he's jumped out of bed, he's looked at the window, he's, no one's there, the, the Groundhog Day crowds have all gone home. You know, he's kind of coming to grips that this is really tomorrow. The loop's over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he's kind of snuggling. He's snuggling up to Rita. 
And she says, ooh, Phil, why weren't you like this last night? You just fell asleep. Fucking hate that so much. And Phil says, it was, the end of, it was the end of a very long day. Is there anything I can do for you today? And I like that. Like the first thing is not, not what you can do for me or not even what, we're, what we can do together. He's starting off the day with what can I do for you? So like that, that giving nature is still there. So I think that's a good line. I think that speaks well that, that Phil and, and I'm with you. I was, I was very skeptical of the last day when Phil is running around town and doing all those good deeds, knowing that, and and he's going to know all these people are going to come up and thank him in front of Rita at the banquet. And so there is, you know, if you want to be cynical, there is a payoff for most of those good things. And I think we, Almost everything except for the kid that he catches falling out of the tree, the boy that never thanks him. But everyone else comes up to him at the the banquet and then Rita can see how good he is through their eyes, through these other people. So I, I with you, I can be cynical, but I do think that in the end. I am so cynical. That that Phil is, I- is you know, that, that he is, he's still Phil. And I like the world when to start to show... You know, he's still kind of smart alecky. He's still sarcastic kind of thing. You know, if it was, if it didn't have some kind of snark to it, if it wasn't a little bit sassy, we wouldn't, it wouldn't sound like Phil. So I think, I think the line has got enough of a twist, a bend to it, that it still sounds like Phil. But the fact that he, you know, he's thinking of his first reaction to, oh, this is a new day. What can I do for you, Rita? Okay, okay. You know, he, that he's is he is he has changed. I fixed the movie, and and I am glad that Ramis did not do this because I love guesting on your podcast. But the movie should have ended with that line: "Pan to the window, out into the snow-covered town." Credits. So that the last line is, mm-hmm. "What can I do for you today?" I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. That would yeah. be so. Because then you, I mean, and also, also, sorry, Nat King Cole, but yeah, that would be better. Yeah, <laughs> and also, it would fit the tone more. And, and also, mm-hmm. uh, and also, how Rita says, like, I can think of a couple things. It's like, well, they're in bed, yeah. so like immediately, I keep thinking. She's like, does she just want to bang right now? Is that what you want right now, Rita? Do you really want hey, to? Six, like, <laughs> maybe that is all Rita wants from him. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I, I, like, yeah, like, like a, like, like a, yeah, like. A, like Seven. He's just, not my type, but maybe she spent three hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll take the, I'll take the, I'll take the I'll take the end out the window the the glass we go through the glass maybe it's we get to see, we go over the town again like I don't know, it's a, that'd be more like a CGI shot but you could do like a transition it goes out to the street or we Mr. Go Rogers up, neighborhood and, we just go out yeah street <laughs> snowy we go up to the clouds and the movie I'm okay with that too like. That's fine. It just kind of leaves a little more open-ended. I'm okay with more open-ended, or I want to show the town. I don't like it where it's just like, it looks like they're running off to get married or something. That's that's what I don't care uh, for. I mean, I appreciate one last shot of the house, which is absolutely gorgeous and I love. Mm-hmm. So, okay, fine. And then I love the shot of the street covered in snow, mostly because it looks like my neighborhood, except it's flat instead of a hill. Yeah. The neighborhood I grew up in, like, that's it during winter. But I did have one slight critique. And again, this is a nitpicky thing, but why else did you have me (laughs) on? what we're here for. Thank you very much, yes. 
why are the steps cleared, yeah. but not the front walk? <laughs> I had that note as well. I had yeah. that, I had that oh note. Oh my god, thank you. This is, I mean, maybe it's a New England Northern thing, but it was driving me nuts. Well, my my note was is it's it's including a deleted scene where they go downstairs and talk to Mrs. Lancaster, <laughs> and when they're talking to Mrs. Lancaster, you can see through the window, you see a broomstick, and it's sweeping the steps, and you don't mm. it's a, it's a background that you don't notice it, and then when you go outside, the broomstick is just lying there like against one of the poles, and you don't see anybody, and we never reference like who was who was who was who was who was, who was brushing the snow off the stairs. So it hints that Mrs. Lancaster has magic powers, but it's never openly said to the audience. Oh, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, what's the point of yeah, you're still just stuck. clearing a little bit? And not even the whole stair. It's just the snow's kind of pushed to the sides. But clearing uh, the stairs, that. but then not, <laughs> yeah. not the walkway. I can't judge that. And then after credits, <laughs> Stinger of Mrs. Lancaster on the phone calling. She says, yes, I'm looking to see if you have any deja vu. <laughs> oh god so now basically you're turning this to the end of um the force awakens where mrs lancaster <laughs> kind of you see her walking out and she like just reaches out a hand and then the broom you know leaps into her hand yeah magic and then and, well, I, I, and then and then yeah phil and then phil like you know he enters the he enters the foyer and there's like no one there and the lights are off and it's like i am phil connors you think you're the only one who repeats groundhog day of Nefarious <gasps> Shield, you know, so we could do that yeah. too. So the original ending of the 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 first version, Danny Rubin's screenplay, the first the original ending ends with Rita in the loop that Phil has just escaped. Oh. Do we want to talk about that or, or save that for? Uh, I another hate day? that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's awful. <laughs> I don't know that I have more to comment on than <laughs> I hate that. I mean, it, it, it's it's a real hell that. And also, how does Rita find herself in the loop? Like, does this day makes no sense? Like, how do, how do how how does it do? So, what is it like that she goes to the whole town? Like, there's a montage of them going through the town, picking out flowers, and being lovey dovey. And then what? They like decide we're not going back to Pittsburgh again. And then <laughs> yeah, it, another blizzard. And then they stay in the bed breakfast. Another blizzard. Yeah. And then she wakes uh, until up. she makes the right decision and goes back to Pittsburgh. No, it's, it's you no, know, and it's like. It's like everything that Dave has, you know, everything Dave doesn't like about the original screenplay all wrapped up into a single scene because it's all through voiceover, which uh, we know. And I'm with you. And I'm so glad they got rid of the voiceover. I think that would have it would have been a much different movie and not as good. The name's Phil Connors. I'm a weatherman. Yeah. I'm the guy who predicts the weather. They They send me out to find other groundhogs. And I'm post. I'm an assassin, and I kill him. And it's just, it's just that. It's just, it's just Phil like, just, like quietly eating pancakes in uh, uh, <laughs> oh a rainy Punxsutawney, and there's just, there's just Chinese fish mar- merchants everywhere, and, uh, and you know, yeah. But so, that, so that, ref- me- that reference catch? Did I catch that reference catch? That was a Blade Runner reference. That's all. Yeah. Okay. No, we, we got so it. make sure that reference right. caught. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so yeah just so so reading a little bit from that from the first version of the screenplay so we've got they wake up in the morning it's Phil and Rita in bed together Phil is expressing his love for Rita and then Rita says Phil it's bad enough having to wake up next to you day after day after day but then i have to face this one horse no class ice covered groundhogville damn it Phil if i see another groundhog i'm going to puke and then Phil says, what are you talking about? We just got here yesterday. 
Rita says, you just got here yesterday. Don't you understand? Groundhog Day was 100 years ago. I got to get out of here. Phil says, what? Rita walks off. And then more Rita voiceover. I don't know why I waste my time. Maybe I like getting romanced at 7 in the morning, even by Phil Connors. Um, All and then the weather the, outside is right. Yeah, then they, 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 they walk outside. They like run into Ned. There's a little bit of back and forth. And then the final read of voiceover is, I meant it to, but who knows when all this is going to, that doesn't really make sense. I meant it to, but who knows when all this is going to end. I only know that I have to get out of this town and that the groundhog was right. It is going to be a long winter. Oh my oh. God. Yeah. And, and, oh, and no. what, Danny, I, someone paid you to write that? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, no, actually, yeah, he wasn't paid at this point. He was kind of just writing us on, and right. then in, so yeah, in that it, is pure first draft right there. Yeah, and in his in his book, um, in his ebook, How to Write Groundhog Day, Danny says, "I love a good twist ending, and this one was at least good enough." In a good drama, the tension builds and builds until the final act, when the tension is quickly released, like what happens when you let go of the untied end of a balloon. In this draft, I wouldn't say that the story built so much as blithely progressed. It was all interesting, fun, imaginative entertainment, but there was no real ending to it. In a general way, Phil lost his ego, joined civilization, and became worthy of love, and becoming lovable to Rita was the signal that Phil had achieved whatever it was he needed to achieve in order to get out of the time loop. Clearly, the sauntering story was coming to an end around here. Phil had learned everything his predicament could teach him, and I needed to come up with an ending. <laughs> well, yeah. well, and it, it's, I, I think it's, it's an unnecessary, it's an unnecessary twist. And, and it kind of, it just kills like everything we've said about, and, and not just us on the podcast, but the, I mean, you know, doctoral theses and journal articles and, and things have been written about this mm-hmm. movie and and a lot of it hinges on kind of Phil's predicament and why is he in this loop and, and what does he do to change? And if it happens to Rita, then it's like, oh, well, it, it's meaningless because we yeah. knew Phil was a jerk and had to get better. But like I thought we and were supposed Rita's to like loop is become she becomes a jerk. Yeah. Like I thought we were supposed to like Rita. I thought she was, you know, all the yeah. reasons that Phil fell in love with her because she's generous and kind and and, and all these other things, you know, that she's it, so great. It makes it sound like Rita yeah. is now punished for falling for Phil now at the end. Like it it yeah, it almost becomes like um was it the room? There was like the the one horror film where like there was a a, a, t- a Wait, this is how old this movie is. There was a videotape, like a physical tape, oh. and if you watched it, like you would die in a week. The ring? Oh, the, the ring. ring. That's it. The ring, and or unless the until you got someone else different. to watch it, and then they would die. Like unless they got someone else, you had to keep paying it forward. So like, you, got, you should have said it follows. That's what the millennials talk about now. If yeah, oh, or yeah. it follows. Yeah. So it was almost like yeah. So Rita is now the jerk in the loop because Phil fell in love with her. So now she's got a find someone else because she fell for oh, Phil. No. Now she's got to find some other sap to fall in love with her. And then that person gets stuck I, in the loop. I really think <sighs> I really upset. Danny upsets me that even though his first draft is not anywhere near this movie and it's not anywhere near my ideas <laughs> that like the town didn't come up at all. Like, the, like, like I feel like the town in this movie has meaning and it, it, it like, it's a perfect just 
little slice of America that, like, you know, you first ignore, then you learn all the beauty within it. And, I don't know, that's the vibe I... This is, like, this is like when I read... I read Catch on the Rye, and then I got the I got the ending wrong because I was just because mm-hmm. I was like, why is he in the hospital? I'm like, oh, well, he he he's like he's like crazy. I'm like, no, he's not. He, everything he says makes sense. <laughs> I thought he got clipped by a taxi. I'm like, no, David, he's crazy. That's why he's in the narrators ho- are always reliable. He's in a mental institute. I'm like, I don't know. Everything he said made sense to me. I was with him the whole time. Yeah. So it's like it's like that. It's like clearly I misread what was being put in front of me and i was like getting some really interesting stuff out of it and like i said like the fact that he doesn't bring up the town like it means nothing to him at the end it's like yeah he and i would not be on the same line of like thought process of like where you would end the film like if as yeah. if i was writing it and i had this part done you know i said i would have my ending where it's a little a few extra minutes longer but it would have i think right. pushed yeah, a, a better platonic relationship that could turn to a real relationship that, that Tierney had. I like the idea. Either it's yeah, either he wakes up at bed breakfast and they're outside in the van, or we wake up in the, her hotel room. But it's yeah, and it's like he you know they went to their place, her place, and, and they kind of get up and you know put themselves together. We see the town. The reason I like the hotel is because it's in the middle of town, whereas the bed and breakfast is not in the middle of the town. Mm-hmm. So that's why I like the hotel because like you, you have to walk through Gobbler's Knob to leave. You have to get the van through. Dave went on to create Stars Hollow, Connecticut for the television series Gilmore. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you know it sucks. I've I've given that show like eight or nine episodes. I got nothing against it, but like I'm just like oh, everything's good. Okay, and like, I don't watch it because uh, I'm like I feel like they're everyone's doing pretty cool. Yeah, you can try Heart of Dixie, which is blatantly Southern Gilmore Girls. <laughs> Um, if you're, if you like the idea, but not the particular characters. I, I don't think of the characters, like, I feel like there's not enough conflict. I feel like everyone's doing really fine. And I'm like, oh, God bless everybody. I think it also was, <laughs> I was coming from a lot of, like. I love that. I was coming from a lot of, like, 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 you know, like, S.H.I.E.L.D., The Wire, True Detective, where it's like, there's some heavy corruption that needs to get cleaned. And it's like, oh, this town's doing pretty good by comparison. I think everyone's here is okay. You know, you, know, you got some problems at school. You got some problems at work. I think we can all relate to that. God bless. All right, everyone's going to bed. Oh, parents, am I right? So, yeah, it's, that's why it's like I, I couldn't really continue Gilmore Girls. It's like I felt like there wasn't enough. Co- it's like I, I didn't finish the last season of Parks and Rec. I'm like, everyone's just happy. We don't. There's no problem. This is just this is just like a victory lap. I mean, I'm just if you don't mind, I'm going nah. to I want to move on to like another show because you guys are all just fine. <laughs> Um, we're fine. We're all fine we're here. We're fine here. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, like I, I think there these these two are too lovey dovey for how I what I would like the movie to end. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah, I wish Rita would say more things outside of her like literally like sounding like a hound dog and being like she really wants to bang Phil in the bed. <laughs> Which I'm just like, come hey. on, you've known him for like you've known him for like barely thirty six hours now. So can you not try to sleep with your coworker this Again, you know? does Rita think this is, you know, a lovely weekend that they're going to enjoy and then go about their lives as two adults yeah. who were not planning to spend the rest of it together? I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how what, what the gossip would <laughs> I don't be. think so. That is not what this movie is saying yeah. at all. Yeah. I just, I want to give Rita a little bit of... I just, I, no, the, I don't want Rita <laughs> yeah, this to is just like trouble. This is like a, a, like a summer camp romance kind of yeah. thing they get back to pittsburgh yeah they don't know each other anymore it's like fine summer loving whatever or you know punxsutawney loving that's fine but 
Let's get back to work. Well, I, I'll, I'll agree. Larry won't say anything about Rita and Phil and that auction, and they won't say anything about him getting bid off to two older people. So it's like <laughs> they both have mutual blackmail on each other. Yes, everyone's got a secret now. <laughs> That's what you're having. See, that makes, that makes more sense than, than having the twist ending being that Rita is now stuck in the loop. Yeah. Doesn't make sense if it's Larry... Larry's got issues that he needs to work out. Yeah. So if there was like some way a twist ending where now Larry's stuck in a loop. Thank you. That makes more sense to me. Thank you. All right. Um, Let's get we'll get Danny on the phone. Be like, listen. Groundhog I, two. Can, can it's all about Larry. What do you think he would actually do it? Like, I know I've 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 said a lot of bad things about his first draft, but do you think like he would come on and you'd be like Dave wants to pitch you his interesting ideas for how the other the movie could have ended to see if like Danny would actually like to put up with me. If not, oh I, I respect the if decision. If that works, that would be amazing. I, the reason I say is that nobody, nobody has brought this awesome idea up to him. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. So for for the the the, the folks listening, I don't know. If we've we've talked about it. Um, we I I did have a little bit of a back and forth via email with with Mr. Rubin. I uh, reached out to him and, and let him know that we're we're big fans of his work and and asked if he wanted to be on the show and he in the most polite way possible polite. told me to shove off. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. No, but d- he did say he's a little bit groundhogged out and and I can understand that this is coming off of he put a lot of time into the musical uh the the Broadway musical mm-hmm. which I think ran ran for less than a year. It started in London. I think if I, if I remember correctly, like it started in the West End in London and then played on Broadway in, uh, you know, in the States for again, less than a year. And, um, you know, so if, you know, he just said, you know, he, and he'd been doing a lot of t- publicity and, and interviews and stuff kind of promoting the, the musical. So, uh, I kind of take him at his word. It was just like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm groundhogged it out, but, um, he did. He did kind of leave it open. He said, "What you know? If you get to the end of your your minutes, end of the show, and you still have some unanswered questions, send them along, and and I'll consider it." So, uh, yeah. So maybe if you you put Isn't together it nice like a little when famous people are nice. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> he, you know, best he feeling. <laughs> he didn't want to come on the show and, and and talk with us for the podcast, but he was he was really pleasant and uh, and also well, since I mentioned it, I I I will say he also recommended. He said. You know what? If you haven't talked to this guy, you should reach out to Robert Black, who's got this blog, The Groundhog Day Project, where you watch the movie every day for a year. You should talk to that guy. Um, and and you know, at that point, we we had already talked. We had reached out and we we talked with Robert. But I just thought that was cute too. That um, <laughs> that just that you know, Danny remembered. Uh, the Groundhog Day project, and so gave that a little plug. So yeah. he was nice. So uh, yeah, so Dave, work up your little spec script, your little alternate <laughs> ending or sequel, and uh, you know maybe we can lure him out and and get him interested. I have. I also like. I want you know another thing. I'm gonna do, so the musical it only did too long on Broadway. My question is, and I said I don't know. I've done theater, but I don't. I've not done like the heavy production. Could you do like an updated? I mean, they already kind of did, but I would like a, I don't know, do it like a gender flipped, like Groundhog Day as a bra- in the Broadway musical, you know? Like, is there a way to change it around where you have, you know, rather than just another guy, you know, I don't know. Like, I just feel like that'd be, that'd be interesting, you know? Kind of like a Katherine Heigl movie, but good. <laughs> but good. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
my first thought when you described the Rita in the loop ending was the only reason to do that is to set up a sequel Mm -hmm. where then Rita must be redeemed right back into a good person. And that's the only reason. Yeah, to do that, and, no, right? yeah, and she's 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 a fine person. I don't we don't get her 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 toast the world piece being so passive aggressive. But outside of that, she's she's fine. I just wish she would ask all the questions that I know I hate fudge. Rita would have asked. <laughs> um. All right. Like I said, like I, that's it. I mean, we we did what? Gosh, I don't know. We're talking about fifty minutes at this point. <sighs> it's a controversial ending. Yeah. <laughs> Like I said, it works. Like I said, I think I think Tom Taylor and Pete Mumford have said about the Indiana Jones films, where it's like you watch them, you're having fun, but when you break it down, like the cracks of certain characters and stuff start to bug you, and I, yeah. and I think that's what happened right at the end here. It starts crumbling and it, it latches onto like the one hook it gets into the side of the cliff is love story, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like that's not what I was like. I, that's not what I was here for to see. It's like I'm not was here. Like, I'm like. This man needs to fall in love with this producer. Like, no, I, he could do that a little bit. It's like if the town, I think the town changes him for the better. That's all. I'm not, and I'm not trying to make him like Jesus figure and she's a Mary Magdalene or anything like that. I'm not trying to go, like go lean that hard into like an altruistic, like he's godhood now. He's like Dr. Manhattan where he's beyond human You emotion. were into my they kiss at the end thing. So you're I not like, anti-romance. I like what you had there. The kiss outside and it, it feels like he's going back alone and she's going back alone. And he's going to, and he's going to just wake up again on the same day. And I like the idea of, yeah, I, I've actually had that shot a couple times in my head. And see, Sean, that's why I would have had that shot earlier in the movie where Larry's outside the bed and breakfast honking on the van. Yeah, because then you can do a callback. Yeah, we'll call back at that same camera angle of Larry being like, yep. burp, burp, "Are we going?" Same like that. But she's got a smile on her face because she knows yeah. there were smooches. Everyone's smi- yeah, everyone's, <laughs> yeah, everyone's smiling. And I feel like we could make one dopey joke about Larry and it kind of softens the weird creep Nancy thing. That's all. I need that, like, I need that, like, that hard creep edge, like, buffed out. So it's just like. Then what will you do in Groundhog Day 3? Jesus. Well, we're going to get Larry's Stephen Baldwin redemption. first thing. <laughs> we're getting Stephen Baldwin, Billy Baldwin, and uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo uh, Lamas. That red Lorenzo. music he passed. Lorenzo Lamas. Lorenzo, Lamas. yeah. <laughs> Or, uh, Zach. Who played Zach? Oh, 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 God. Oh, I can see his face in my head. Uh, Mark, Mark. Zach from Mark Paul Gosling. Mark Paul Gosling. Yeah. Zach? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, from, uh, Saved by the Bell. Um, He's fantastic, by the way. He's still working, and it's just so enjoyable. And then I'm like, wait, you're Zach. Yeah. Make sure to bring that up to Carolyn. I'll get her very excited, Sean. (laughs) I'll make a note. I'll make a note. All right. All right. All right. Um, okay. So tyranny. So right. Are we are we rapping? Because I mean, I have been known to wake people up, <laughs> smacking their arm, and being like, "Okay, here's how you fix Batman versus Superman. I did it." And like, have to explain my whole story. Tyranny. tyranny. Um, there's been multiple movies that I've done that with, where I'm like, "All you have to do is change this one thing, and it fixes the whole thing." And they're just like. Yes, but Tierney, you're a librarian in Boston who has no say in Hollywood. Tierney, uh, uh, Tierney, you, you, yeah, I, I've done that so well. Uh, you're, you're my animal spirit uh, because I, I remember being at a sleepover and I was just like, I turned over to my friend, and I was like, Tom, wake up. He's like, what? I'm like, I'm like, the ending of Monsters Inc. It can't work. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, 
I'm just like, the kids are going to grow old. And also, like, the monsters, there's no way they can have do type 5 with kid energy to laugh. Like, it's going to be diminishing returns. Like, the fear, the kid's going to get tired and just want to go to bed. Like, he doesn't want to do stand-up late at night. And, and and he's like, that's what you woke me up for? I'm like, and by the way, Monsters, Inc. was not brought up at all earlier in that day. Like, we were just hanging out. And it was just literally, like, crashing at my place. By the way, we were, like, 20. It's not like we were children. This is, like, a 20-year-old man just, like, you know, like, just going to the diner. And then we just crashed at my place. I was like, like Tom, this just this is bothering me. <laughs> Look, my brain has been working on this yeah. for several years now. Yeah. And then, the, and that was oh, by the way, because that, that's before Monsters University. That's what I'm saying. Because they introduced Monsters University as a prequel. I'm like, yeah, see, I knew it. I knew you couldn't oh, do a God. sequel. You son of a gun! <laughs> I called you on it years ago. You called it, yeah. What? Oh, there was something where I wrote a sequel, like a whole plot line, and it was so good. And then they made one, and it, and it tanked. And I was like, ha. Take that. <laughs> I knew my idea was better. I can't remember what it was now, but I. Bet my husband's sick of hearing about it, so I'm sure he would know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm really sorry. This is what happens if you have me on at the end, and it's like, oh, how can we do this differently? I'm like, well. Well, uh, yeah. I will say for for this ending, it's short. You know, it's less than, I think it was minute 95 when they wake up on this day. So between, you know, so maybe it's three minutes, 95, 96, 97, um, and then, you know, tomorrow it's, well, I think like less than 10 seconds of action before the credits roll. So it's basically mm-hmm. three minutes. They wake up, it's February 2nd, just wrap it up and, and, and get folks out of the theater. So I think, you know, we can definitely say at least, at least this ending doesn't drag on. And that's a very quiet. 90s thing too. Yeah. The movie is over. Get yep. your coat. Movie's over. Time to go home. Yep. And like I said, oh, that could also, so that could also be because of that. It's that. They know in the back of your mind, it's like, because, you know, the people working on this crew, they know that this is a Rita that's not the same. So they're just right. like, we don't want to address it. That means we have to get all the extras back in mm. and we got to redress them because they can't wear the same outfit. Because now people would notice if people were wearing the same outfit two days in a row. So everyone had to have a separate piece of clothing just for the February 3rd cameos. And, uh, yeah. you know, and, and hopefully Fred and Debbie aren't even there because they're, hopefully they're on their way to Pittsburgh or something, you know? Like they're yeah, already the Pittsburgh in the Pittsburgh honeymoon. There you go. So how are you guys feeling? Wrapping it up three minutes, my goodness. Well, like I, like I said, <laughs> the ending, I, I'll gloss over the fact that the ending, but I do like that the movie's continuity of a lot of things is good. Like, I think the, is it the ending read is the only outlier um, but I think a lot of continuity, I think we, I think we did a little tonight, and I think, and I said, I think there, there could have been some really interesting deleted scenes that we really could have, if you stretch this movie, like, really had Phil go more crazy and, and, and stuff, and not violent crazy, but just more psychologically thinking about what's going on kind of thing. So, yeah, I definitely, I definitely learned a lot. I'll say that, I'll say that as much, because this is the first one that I've, <laughs> I've been finishing. I'm not even close to finishing Mystery Men for another year. Um, <laughs> I'm milking that purposely because I'm hoping there'll be a 20th anniversary discussion. I'm hoping the bloggers will finally get it through their head that it's a freaking golden movie. Yeah, and you'll be there. I'll be there. Yep. You'll be there. You'll be ready. I'm tired of reading freaking uh, uh, BuzzFeed articles. They're like, 
Top 10 superhero comedies you never heard of. Top 10 ensemble films. Top 10. It's like, oh my god. Did you know this actor <laughs> was You end this? up on a panel at Comic-Con, like Gary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He hit the big time. Good job. Yeah, so I, f- I feel good. I I enjoy the movie, uh, to, you know, <laughs> despite some of the things we've we've said today. <laughs> no, I, I I like the movie. I, I ignore realized, the past fifty seven minutes. Yeah. There, there there are some issues, particularly, really just like the last minute and a half. I think, and and yeah, but I you know I enjoy the movie, and I'm 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 glad it's over. Doing a watching a movie one minute at a time, and. And podcasting about it is a, it's it's a labor of love, but it is a labor. So uh, you know, it feels it feels good to be getting getting towards the end these these final week of minutes. Well, Dave is about to experience for the first time the weird the podcast is done feeling. Oh yeah, because I noticed that with my movies at the end, I was so glad that they were done, and then like a week later, I was like, okay, now what? I have so much knowledge about Return to Oz as a never-ending story, and it's just sitting in my brain, not being used. Just, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I'm going to have the same feeling I did after you're doing after you're done doing a play or a musical. You know, you you build this bond with a cast, and and you all you know these inside jokes, you know, and then because you're going over the script a lot, you start thinking about your character, that person's character, like where they could have been when they were off stage, like could they be doing this, where this song, that song. And then it's over, and then, yeah, you get this, like, there's that, that vacuum in your life, because, like, you do the tech week into doing the shows, and you're spending so much time with these people, it's almost like a second family, and then mm-hmm. there's that vacuum of just, you're not with those people anymore, and, like, all those relationships kind of fade into, like, they were temporary. Like, it was just, like, a temp- it was your yeah. temporary friends, and right. now everyone off, is off doing their own thing, they're back to their own personal lives, and you're just like, oh, shoot, like, what do I do now? So, yeah. I went, I'm going to look into getting a house that's kind of like when when phil and rita get back to, back to pittsburgh but... <laughs> like like i said but that that won't happen to us dave we'll always be something <laughs> like 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 i said i will actually like phil says i'm actually going to probably get a house not rent i'm tired of renting maybe i will in my time off buy a house yeah or one punxatawney it's not too far not from you. Too it's been, far. Probably a little bit too far to commute. I know you may want to look for a, a local job. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. So I think that's about it for minute ninety seven. Um, yeah. Any any closing thoughts, Tierney? Um, I I'm trying to think. I was like, I had five notes going into this, and <laughs> I'm looking at the counter, just being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we've talked this long about the ending, but. Thank you so much for having me on for this minute. Because it's like, wow, it's the it's the end. Wrapping yeah. up. Yeah, Zooming thank you so much for, for, for coming back. I mean, we, we <laughs> first had you towards the beginning, we very early on. We were in Puxatana. Well, no, we were. We were. But well, yeah, we were. What, yeah, Tira, what were your minutes about? Stuck in. God, how, what? Uh, I was not in a blizzard. It's just a few flakes oh, on the highway. Gracious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, I'm pre-loop, aren't I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's pre- she goes back, and then it starts, yeah. She's a pre-loop. She's a pre-cog pre-loop. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to remember if pre-cog is a good thing or not. <laughs> um. <laughs> no, my area port. First thing came to my mind. Yeah. Well, that's, I was like, try, I'm like running through the plot in my mind. I'm like, it's not good or bad. <laughs> um, we just, we have anyway, two in a pool. Back to this science fiction. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, it's so funny because you were saying how this movie has been studied so much. And to me, it's just one of those background 90s movies that everyone has seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone knows. But that's it. You never really looked any deeper into it. Like, like uh, anyone want to do grumpy old men? Like, that's about <laughs> my level of knowledge of yeah. these movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you were here. I, I just looked it up. Yeah, it was the yeah. Uh, yeah the the van ride into the blizzard, leaving Punxsutawney, uh, oh. pre loop. So uh, we didn't quite get you back in the van to kind of bring it around full circle, but I think they're going to be leaving Punxsutawney. In Dave and Maya's mind, we did. Okay. So it counts. There you go. Right. Uh, but no, it's really fun, and I think this is my first time participating in an All Star Week. So oh. that's exciting. Well, it must be very exciting for you. Moving up in the podcasting <laughs> world. You don't understand. So I um, just, uh, sorry if I'm messing up. You're like, oh, we record the same day. But this is the day yeah. that Alan Alda made his announcement that he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's or whatever. Yeah. But he was saying like, oh, I keep busy. I do, you know, I keep active. I juggle and goes, I do my podcast. It was like, I have something in common with Alan Alda. <laughs> like, it's just made my day every time he mentions like how much he enjoys podcasting i'm just like one of us, one one of us. <laughs> yeah. why did we get him on the show huh. he is charming yeah. he sounds i mean he, there's a reason he sounds like a grandpa but i mean it's just <laughs> it's so heartwarming and i had a podcast that she was thinking about related to alan alda oh if only actually um the the big thing with uh, Mash Minute is we're trying to get it to premiere on Alan Alda's birthday, actually. Okay, cool. But I'm nervous that that's not going to happen. So we haven't announced it or put anything out yet. But Okay, so we're, we're, we're not announcing Mash Minute. You said it, not but... Minute. <laughs> I was just saying it should be. There should be. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're not announcing anything. Yep. But do you have, if, if folks want to hear more from you... Other than going back to minute 15 <laughs> and 16 of Groundhog Day, is there anything that you can announce where people oh, can well, hear more from you? Go back to minute 15 and 16 and then listen through the whole thing again. And then go back to minute 15 and 16 listen through yes. the whole thing again. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the, the best way to find me is I am on Twitter well, and Instagram um, at One Steel Sister, O-N-E-S-T-E-L-E-S-I-S-T-E-R. Um, and that has links to Oz Minute, Never Ending Minute, or Nev End Min. Oh my gosh, it's been so long since I had to spell that. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is completed. And then, uh, yeah, Mash Minute is forthcoming. We're actually doing the Robert Altman movie to start with. So might be a little while before we loop Alan Alda in. <laughs> you know, I'm sure he's an easy guest to get. Oh. <laughs> um, but the the exciting reason that that hasn't started yet is that my friend Megan and I, who are obsessed with the series, announced we were going to do Mash Minute, and then I got pregnant. So we said, okay, we'll do it after Tierney has the baby, and then Megan got pregnant. So we have two adorable babies and very little done so far on the podcast. So we we've grabbed a twitter and gmail handle and that's about it honestly but we're we're getting there we have a theme song now we just need content (laughs) (laughs) well that's easy that's the easy part right 
Yeah. But so. uh, yeah, and, and for as far as excuses for not getting your podcast off the ground, <laughs> having a baby is a good one. Yeah. So I just, no one's gonna I think complain. We, I think we announced it like in 2017. So it's like, <laughs> mm, so here's the deal, guys. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that is moving forward. So I'm super excited for that. Although it's always weird starting a new podcast with a new group of people and I'm just bringing Megan into the whole movies by minutes thing. So she hasn't been quite as corrupted by us yet as a lot of people. Yet. Well, well, we've got time. (laughs) Yep. We've got 116 minutes. (laughs) So, but yeah, that's. A very long-winded where I am. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. So, yeah. Well, so thank you once again for, for coming back for this this final week of, of minutes here, Tierney. And and thank you, listeners, for listening and, and coming along with us so far. And and once again, if you want to join in the conversation and, and give us some feedback, or maybe you've got your own you know deleted scenes or alternate endings that you want to share, uh, you can do that. You can find us. We have a Facebook group. Uh, Gobbler's Knob, and it's the Groundhog Minute listeners group. And we're also on Twitter at Groundhog Minute. And you can also reach us by email at groundhogminute at gmail.com. So that's it for us. We want to thank you listeners for listening in. And we will see you tomorrow if there is one. Let them say your hair's too long. I don't care with you, I can't be wrong.